It was Friday evening when Jesus' body was laid in the garden tomb. The next day was the Sabbath, the Jewish day of rest. The long hours passed slowly for Jesus' heartbroken friends. They could not believe that the master they loved so much lay cold in the tomb. Once the Sabbath is over, we'll take sweet smelling spices to put on his body, the women agreed. Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. When they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Oh, look! The body's not there. Is that so strange? While they were wondering about this, suddenly... The angel! Two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed their faces to the ground but the men said to them why do you look for the living among the dead he is not here he has risen remember how he told you this while he was still with you in Galilee the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then the women remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others who were there. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others who were with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen laying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself, what had happened here? I've been a pastor now for nearly 20 years and one of the things I've learned is that Sunday is always coming. It feels like this train bearing down on you each week. You get one done and another one comes. The other thing I've learned is that Sundays come and go. You get one and another one will come so don't be too concerned but there is one Sunday each year that is like no other. It is uh, one to be marked. And this morning I, I got up an hour before daybreak. I've showered and shaved. I'm suited and booted because this is not a smart casual Sunday. This is Easter Sunday. And I'm here now at the filming location for the Bradleys and I'm immersing myself of what it's like to be up early in the morning to do my preparations and to go to the place where I'm expecting to find Jesus. 
my friend Dan is a builder and he tells me that when you build a house the most important starting point is the corners you've got to get the corners right you put the corners in and then you run the bricks out to the other corners once the corners are in the right place you can start building and Easter Sunday the resurrection of Jesus is one of the cornerstones of the Christian faith it's like an anchor it, it holds fast for everything and this key moment of Easter Sunday has the most unlikely first witnesses the first witnesses of this event of this cornerstone event are women and, and they were considered unreliable witnesses there was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and others and these women they witnessed the arrest and the uh, trial of Jesus I guess they were there at the crucifixions I, I wonder just a few days later could they still remember the sound of the of the hammer and the nails and the cry of the crowds maybe they could still remember Jesus crying out before he gave up his spirit so these women they had in had seen all of this, the arrest, the trial, the crucifixion, and now, in the purposes of God, they were gonna be the first witnesses to the cornerstone of this great faith that we've put our trust into, the resurrection of Jesus. And it seems that the qualification for that, of being witnesses to this, was just their uh, willingness and their availability. They, uh, must have planned on their Sabbath on the on the Saturday they were going made their preparations on that Saturday night they got up early like I did this morning I did my preparations got up before the sun had risen and they went I'm not even sure what their plan was yes they wanted to embalm the body of Jesus but actually that I, I don't know what their plan was for the soldiers I don't know what their plan was for the large stone by definition it was immovable that was the idea and they were a group of women but these unlikely witnesses were all part of the plans of God I just want to underline that it's not the main message of Easter Sunday but they were unlikely witnesses Augustine he was an Algerian church father great thinker massively shaped the church he said this of these unlikely unlikely witnesses these women were the first preachers of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this cornerstone event was witnessed by unlikely people. Right near the church offices where I work is an Audi. And uh, if you've ever been to Audi, you know what I mean when I talk about the magic aisle. I mean, there's this aisle, there's all these proper food products and there's this aisle right in the middle of the store and there could be anything in there I always need to have a look browse around the magic aisle in the aisle I've bought a saddle for my bike I've literally bought kiln dried wood for my fire pit and in fact I, I feel like I need numbers of items from that aisle and you can look in that aisle but there's one thing you definitely won't find in that aisle and that is the crown jewels the crown jewels are in the Tower of London, in London, and they're highly guarded. Doesn't matter how often you look in the Magic Isle at Audi, you are never gonna find the crown jewels there. It makes no sense to even look there. The reason I say that is, these women were looking for a living person 
among the dead. In fact, we start this passage as we saw from the Bradleys that the angels rebuke these unwilling or unlikely first witnesses. Because the angels say to him, he isn't here, he is risen. You're looking for the living among the dead, amongst the tombs. Jesus is never gonna be found amongst the tombs. You've missed the whole point of it. Yes, they were available and willing, but they've missed the key thing. It makes no sense. Jesus himself said that he was gonna be betrayed. He was gonna be crucified. He was gonna be rise again on the third day. And so as these women went to find uh, a dead person amongst the dead, he said, no, no, you've got it all wrong. He is living, the, the tomb is empty. And we now know, you know, thousands of years afterwards that this tomb, this empty tomb, Jesus is never gonna be found amongst the dead, just, just who he is. This tomb, it is proof that Jesus is the Son of God. It's confirmation that what he said is true and it's compelling. In fact, it's so compelling, people don't want to consider the empty tomb because they know they can only arrive at one place, that it, he has risen from the dead. They didn't find the body. In fact, it changed the whole movement. His followers were all transformed because the tomb was empty. It's so compelling, people prefer not to consider it rather than face it. But these unlikely witnesses, they weren't perfect. They had dull memories. They needed to remember what Jesus had said. They didn't need more information. I can remember a few times in our church offices, there's a key code and I can ask Ian how the how the lock works, the mechanisms of all of that, but actually none of that helps me in those panicky moments when I'm trying to set the alarm and it's beeping at me. What I need to do is just to remember the code. I don't need to understand how the mechanism works, I just need to remember the code. And these women, they needed to remember the teachings of Jesus. He had told them, we see that clearly in Luke 9, in Luke 17, in Luke 18, he told them, he said, I am gonna be treated shamefully, terribly. I'm going to be arrested and handed over to the religious leaders and to the Romans. He said that he is going to be killed and he said clearly in each of those instances recorded that he's going to be raised from the dead after three days. And he did. We too, we too need to remember and trust the things that Jesus said. We don't actually need lots more information. We just need to trust what Jesus said and to remember it. Hebrews 2 verse one says this, pay careful attention to what we have heard so that we, we don't drift away from our faith in Jesus Christ. So these women as they got up early, like I've done today, before dawn, not with much of a plan really, they just following their impulses in God, in faith, and they received this amazing news that the tomb was empty. There was just grave clothes there. There was no sign of the body of Jesus because he's alive, he has risen as he said he would. And so these, women having encountered the angel, they return back 
whether they were to a campsite, whether they're all just hanging out or to a building or over breakfast, I don't know what was going on. And they gave their account. They heralded the good news that well, actually what Jesus said was true. They went back and found their, the other disciples and it sounded like nonsense to them. Years ago, some friends of I, we did some wild camping up in Skye and one of my friends had recently returned from Africa and there he'd had various bouts of malaria. And we were up on the Coolin Ridge and uh, my friend Hudson got really unwell. He had a recurrence of malaria and he spent several days in his tent and we weren't taking it too seriously. And then suddenly he had the fever really built and he started becoming delirious in his tent. He was speaking out, he was murmuring and burbling and we realised this is serious now, he's in trouble. The word used in this passage about the nonsense is that kind of murmuring from a fever. It seems as if when these women came back and gave the account that Jesus has risen from the dead just as he said and they've met angels, for the disciples, the 11 of them and the others around them, it, it was like a nonsense, it made no sense. But Peter, Peter who had denied Jesus three times, in that moment he came to his senses. For him it wasn't nonsense at all. He jumped up and he ran and uh, the Gospel of John tells us that John also ran with him. John was the faster runner, he got to the tomb first but he didn't go in for whatever reason. Peter finally arrived I guess puffing but he went straight into the tomb and in that moment um, Peter saw that it was indeed true it doesn't matter whether you get there fast or slow Peter got there and he realized it's true the, the tomb is empty but in this story it's also true to say yes uh, Peter and John did go to the tomb but the other disciples they they stayed they stayed in their disbelief they just thought it was an idle tale. This is unbelievable. Dead people don't come back from the dead. It's just an idle tale. They were slow to believe. But at last, over time, and people's testimony, and Jesus appearing to them, they were thoroughly persuaded that Jesus had indeed risen from the dead. They, they had a settled conviction they had an assured certainty that this was indeed true so yes Peter and John they were up uh, they ran they were there and others were slower to get there but they got there and they were certain so much so most of these disciples these apostles yielded their life gave up their life were martyred lost their lives because of their conviction that the tomb was indeed empty. Jesus had risen from the dead as he said he would. I'm here very early in the morning telling you the story of Easter. And I want to remind you, if you're a regular RFC, this is not an idle tale. This is not the murmurings of someone with a fever. This is not nonsense. This is true. And we can be confident of that. I assure you, in the name of Jesus Christ, he has indeed risen from the dead. I've been doing this for 20 years, normally in a suit, never near a cave. This is true. And by the grace of God, the pastors of this church are going to keep proclaiming this truth to you at Easter and throughout the year as well. But maybe you're hearing this story 
for the first time. Maybe this does feel like nonsense to you. I just want to say to you now, humbly, I want to say to you, a third of the living population today would declare that Jesus is Lord. Wikipedia tells me that 2.4 billion people who are alive today, right across the globe, all cultures, all geographies, all ethnicities, declare and trust that Jesus is Lord. It may not feel like that in the UK, but actually we're part of a, a big planet and a third of the people alive today would declare that Jesus is Lord, that he has risen from the dead. And that testimony has been true for the last 2,000 years. There's always been millions of people at every age that have trusted in the person of Jesus Christ. We all agree the tomb was empty. He has risen from the dead. And I want to say again, as I have done for the last 20 years, this makes perfect sense. The empty tomb is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. He, Christ is risen, he has risen indeed.